Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. I'm your co-host Pierre. And I'm your co-host Key. How was your weekend, Key? It was good. I had a pretty good weekend. Nice. How about you? It was great. I mean, I'm excited. This is episode 23. Feeling like Jordan in here now. <laughs> I, I feel like Jordan, but I got my hoodie on because it's kind of cold right now in the studio. I feel like... You say you feel like mellow, though. Yeah, I feel like hoodie. I'm hoodie Pierre right now. I got the hoodie on. <laughs> he better win a championship with that hoodie. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I love that mellow. He's just taking the hoodie persona on fully. Like, I see like NBA commercials with the hoodie on. It's amazing. I love it. Even though he's gone, we still love you, mellow. You'll be in New York Knicks in my heart forever. That's fine. I'm rocking my OKC for now. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever Melo go, I go. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Yes. So we're going to be talking about, which I'm sure everyone has heard about, the Harvey Weinstein scandal. And the New York Times did an article, which was published on October 5th. And the article detailed over three decades of allegations of sexual harassment against Weinstein. Um, I mean, let's be clear. They didn't do an article. They did arbitrary. Damn. <laughs> damn, yeah. That, seriously. They, like, if you read it, it's like, they went ham, bruh. Yeah. Like, back-to-back accounts of what happened, but you're going to get into it. But yes, yeah. yeah, so let's keep it clear. Finally, they did something right. No shade, just keeping it a hundred. Wait, you don't like the New York Times? They got their moments. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it on it. They be acting funny with their articles. Um, so, so Exhibit A, Ashley Judd was expected to have a business breakfast meeting with Harvey, and she was sent up to his hotel room instead. And at this meeting, he appeared in the in a bathrobe and asked her to give him a massage and also asked, did she want to watch him take a shower? which is very creepy, just to say the least. And she actually declined multiple times, and she was quoted saying that she wanted to figure out how was the fastest way to get out of the room without alienating Harvey Weinstein. And it was just something that she recalled, like, how to get out of this situation. And I just think it's kind of sad that she's the victim in this situation, and in her mind, is like, how do I survive this? Because... For many people in the the acting world who have been victims of these sexual harassments from Mr. Weinstein, and I'm sure that has happened throughout the industry and just other industries in general, the victims like feeling powerless in those situations. Um, so she ended up telling Mr. Weinstein that he would have to have her win an Oscar from one of her movies to partake in one of the requests that he was making. Um, Exhibit B from the New York Times article, which which highlights Rose McGowan, who was raped by Harvey Weinstein. In 1997, um, Weinstein reached an undisclosed settlement with Rose at the time, who was 23 years old. The settlement was for approximately $100,000 and was not and was to not be construed as an admission, but intended to avoid litigation and buy peace. She recently tweeted that Harvey raped her, and she informed a top executive that she didn't that she didn't disclose the name of, but that person told her that it hadn't been proven, and her response was that she was the proof. And that's the thing, like, well, two things from what was stated. 
first and foremost, the, the settlement that was paid out, it was basically, it was worded in the aspect that it was to avoid litigation and to buy peace. So that doesn't, sometimes in these cases when there's some form of settlement, that doesn't mean that the person who's making the payment partake in those acts. And it's really misleading because it's like you were found guilty in this situation and you're basically paying a settlement to keep that person quiet. So the fact that they're wording it as, oh, to keep peace and not lead to further litigation, it's like, nah, you was in the wrong, you raped her, and you want to pay this money out to kind of cover your ass, or his company for that matter. And kind of take it up a notch, too, when she spoke about the executive who, were, who specifically said there's no proof. And this is what happens in these scenarios in terms of sexual assault and rape cases. It's like, where's the proof? It's like... So you have to be in the room to see somebody raping somebody for you to believe is rape. Like you, you, you got it. It's like you have to wait for a man to admit if he partaked in those activities that I actually raped that person or that woman. Like what man is going to go around saying, oh, I raped that person. And the fact that a woman's, a woman's stance on what happened is not considered, um, is not justified. That is a problematic issue around these cases. And this is why they're not taken up very seriously. So I thought that was really strange. Not only strange, because it's it happens, it's very common. I think that it's sad that he was saying that there's no proof. And it's like, are you serious? Like, she was there. She know what happened to her because her body was violated. And she pursued it. You know, she's wasn't the only person that he basically attacked in that manner but she was one of those people and she came out and spoke about it so the fact that it's like a woman's word is not sufficient it's like you could violate my body but me telling you that I was raped is not enough it's like you need additional proof so that to me is concerning and it makes me question where the, that executive mindset is at now knowing that more women are coming out speaking about these issues it wasn't just her or Ashley Judd but it was other people as well but Rose started to get a little fancy on Twitter, honey, because um, <laughs> people was kind of standing with her. And um, what was the aftermath of her commentary was because James Carden, he was making jokes at the Amphire Gala pertaining to the scandal. And of course, a lot of people, that's, I mean, come on, like, it's like the scandal done broke out, you're making jokes. And this is, this is, becomes an ongoing issue with comedians. It's like, is a joke too soon? Is it appropriate? Should you be having it at all? I've personally think it's just distasteful you shouldn't be having this kind of joke at all because especially in regards to what's going on and how many women were affected by it and how they're coming out and rape is not a funny thing to joke about um so she respond in regards to that saying that um this is rich famous hollywood white male privilege in action replace the word woman with the n-word how does it feel Damn. now i don't know where rose was going with that i you know what i, I let me bring it back I kind of see where she was going. She was trying to compare the use of the N-word and, and comparing it to women who have been sexually assaulted. And let's just be clear. You cannot compare the two. There's no comparison. You'd like the word, the N-word itself, and we've had a previous episode about it. And um, the N-word itself and the historical context around it that and, and the use of the word and where and still it still has its trigger moments now it is not something that you could compare to women being sexually assaulted. I feel like there's no form of comparison. And that has created a lot, a bit of an uproar on Twitter because people was coming at her like, yo, what are you trying to do? And I was kind of confused because I'm just like, you see, this is what divides feminism. Because people think feminism is all women, 
all women, black, white, or purple, we come together, sing kumbaya, and we talk about equality. No, it's not. <laughs> and I proclaim myself as a black feminist. And the reason why I declare myself as such is because even through college, feminism, I my personal experiences with feminism, especially pertaining to white feminism, is not inclusive of women of color. White feminism are fighting their battles, and we're marginalized once again. And we're left to kind of, we're left to find solutions to problems that we did not create. And that is the issue. And by her making a statement like that, it coincides with kind of what white feminism is about and what they do. And it's problematic in a sense because when people reacted to it, it's like there are black women and men who have been sexually assaulted and black children. So for you to make that kind of comparison it really doesn't do anything for the cause, but create more of a divide. Now, everybody was on board with her before her prior tweets. I'm not sure what transpired here. She got hella fancy. And some people lost respect for her about it. I personally just thought it was distasteful. And I think that she needs to definitely reconsider what, she, what she's putting out there in social media. And really get educated as to what she's doing. And this, to me, for me, it was just... I just thought it was like, all right, you just made this whole situation turn into a different direction where it doesn't even need that type of attention. And now it becomes a bigger issue. What did you think about that? When she said that, I'm just like, what? Like, like where they do that at? You literally like, had us, You, everyone was on board until you said that. And the I, I felt like the apology was even worse because she, <laughs> she essentially said note to self don't smoke a j late at night and then try to make weird analogies and i'm just like come on that now you're just blaming the fact that you were high on that you just you're just making yourself look bad right now and it's like what was you smoking because I was like that synthetic weed or something. <laughs> this that wasn't natural, but whatever. She was on that K too. Uh, um, she od. But but yeah, it like you said, it definitely um, it definitely made made it more divisive instead of having people come together. And honestly, I'm just gonna say this because I feel like it shouldn't be a white feminist versus black feminist. It should just be feminist everyone together like you with these causes feel like when people start splitting them up it takes away from the cause and i just i just think that that's very it i think it sucks but it's more specifically in terms of what she said i think it was silly and the, her response to it and her apology around it wasn't well thought out at all and it's a shame because um, like you said, she was one of the main people who kind of gave steam to this and through Twitter. And Twitter definitely let her know about herself. Yeah. Which is put on a map, bruh. Yeah. I she got her whole life. I definitely, I love the fact that Twitter has so much power now. Like, there's so many people on there. And I feel like a lot of people don't even, they may not talk out in real life, but online, on Twitter, they just, they get to it. And if... If Twitter's backing you, you feel like invincible. <laughs> if Twitter's sending you love, like you just it's you're empowered, you're floating through your day. But when Twitter's coming down on you, it's like you can't hide nowhere. You can't 
they'll find all your deleted tweets, posts, everything. Like, Twitter's a real... Twitter should run for president in 2020. Shit, they probably beat Donald Trump <laughs> crusty ass. <laughs> Bringing it back. No, but what you said is a very valid point. Like, it creates um, divisiveness. and But at the end of the day, she started it. Yeah. It wasn't... It didn't become that until she made it that. And that what becomes the issue. And this is an ongoing issue with feminism and why women of color or black women may declare themselves as a certain type of feminist because we're not really... It's not a sisterhood. You know, even... And I'm, I'm going to bring it back as an, as an example and then we're going to move forward. Like, even with the Women's March that happened when Donald Trump became president... I'm like, oh, we, we marching now? We waited till after he was in office to march? Like, we wasn't going to march before? And in some aspects, it was because some woman felt like it was necessary to put on a march. But it was like, cut the march. Let's count how many heads voted for him at this march. Y'all holding up y'all sticks and y'all holding up y'all posters talking about, oh, we all together equality. Were you thinking about equality when you went to the poll and you voted for him? I mean, let's not front like 54% of white women did not vote for Trump. Just throwing it out there. Just letting y'all, let that sink in real quick. But to bring it back to what you're saying, um, this is a still an ongoing issue. So I don't know what's going to go on with Rose, but I think now it's because each day new developments are coming out. It's like, this is a little, it's very interesting. So I think that, I mean, people did put her in her place on Twitter. So I hope she, and she did come out with an, a, a politically correct apology. That's how you say it, after the marijuana apology. Um, so it sounds like she pretty got it. But at the end of the day, it's what you're putting out to the masses and what that kind of create, especially among the scandal. You don't want to do anything that's going to take away from the bigger picture, which is women like her, um, women like herself and other women in similar situations that have been taken advantage because of sexual assault or harassment. Yeah. So that was very um, a very important part to mention. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, going back to that New York Times article, it also mentioned Ambra Badalana, um, who is an Italian model and aspiring actress. And in March 2015, uh, Mr. Weinstein invited her to his Tribeca office to discuss her career, where she then ended up calling the police after he grabbed her breast, asking her if they were real, and put his hands up her skirt. So the article really outlined, like you said, matter of fact, it, it sounds better not even call an article. The obituaries <laughs> literally went into uh, multiple cases of the sexual assault and harassment throughout the three decades that um, Mr. Weinstein has been working and been a powerful executive in Hollywood. And he ended up making a payment to Ambra related to those um, to that the event that happened at his Tribeca office. And I know, I know, I feel like. I don't want to bring this back to Donald Trump, but I just think, I just can't help but say it that this is being talked about so much and it's really being the forefront of the news right now. But we have someone in the Oval Office who was on, who was being recorded and on camera saying that because of his power and his status and he's so rich, he's able to grab women by the pussies and just I just think it's insane that that's the person that we have in the office and that even even with all of that being said he was still elected but these allegations are coming out and people are coming forward and I'm just curious because I I just I read an article the other day that they 
Donald Trump was being subpoenaed to have any information about allegations that came out about him with sexual assault or any payments that he made. They wanted the courts were trying to subpoena to get that information out there publicly. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, I just, I know they're different, but it's just hard for me to separate the two because you have one hand someone who's in probably the biggest position of power and he's a billionaire and he talks about it all the time. And he's been out there openly saying that he's done these acts. So I just... No, I think what you said is valid because it's like, how do we expect men like, you know, Harvey or Cosby, we're going to get into that later, um, and other men in pow- powerful positions to take these things seriously when you have a man like the Donald as president, you know, and he still don't respect women. So it's like, at what point, you know, like, we, you want to say practice what you preach and, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's like if Obama was in office and the, the way he sets such a precedence and he is very well respected to have mannerisms and humble and professionalism, all the qualities Donald lack, he seems to have. And if he was in office and the time these are going on, like, it's like, look at the leader that we have leading this country. That's the kind of thing you want to live up to. When you have Harvey Weinstein doing this and you got Trump, it's like, what? I don't know who's worse. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep it a buck because if they subpoena him and they find out that he's paid people off, where does that leave him? And I just want to know, if the subpoenas ain't going to lead to him being impeached, like, <laughs> bruh, what are we doing? Because I'm tired of these new developments with this man. What we in October, and he's still in office. Like I just don't seem to understand what's happening right now. Yeah, and and, and I know just so we don't get too far topic. I just I, I figured it out. Like I've literally been thinking about this. I feel like Donald Trump's strategy is to give more headlines and just more sensational like remarks and comments because every time he does that, it just distracts us from things that happened before, and it's like we can't. Think about all the stuff that happened in the past. Is he just said some new crap today? So I mean, it's just so much material to work with. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just so much material to work with. Um, and just to kind of bring it back in regards to Harvey Weinstein, so there are women, even through this article, there are women who have came forward who may not have experienced like you know he actually raped them, but like has experienced his sexual antics in terms of him inviting them to the room are having a massage and making inappropriate commentary that it was like a common thread that for him to get them to do what he wanted, he would like mention to how he could advance their careers and by them partaking in sexual acts or something along those lines. And that is a form of control, which tends to happen in the workplace in terms of you having someone who is a superior to you and using that over you. And, um, as for you, a question for you, does being in powerful positions for men like him allows them the right to become predators? Is that a trick question? I'm saying, like... <laughs> of course, they definitely, 100%, unequivocally, does <laughs> not... Did the Donald Trump <laughs> I, did, I definitely did. <laughs> Yo, you We have to get the YouTube video. <laughs> um, yeah, so 100% does not allow them the right to to be predators um but i do feel like it it shouldn't be allowed but people happen to do that i just think i think that's just something it's just i guess when you're in a position of power power just can corrupt and unfortunately 
these are the results of that. And it sucks. It definitely does. But um, it's sad because there are some men who are in power and they don't go that route and they don't need to utilize their, you know, their superior position to, you know, persuade a woman or encourage her more so to like actually partake in those acts and it's like you have men like harvey weinstein you have the donald you have cosby like you have men there are other men in these positions and that's what i'm trying to figure out when i was asking that question is that when are the men that are not that are in powerful positions that don't partake in those acts how do they how do they um instead of them i feel like it's they're protecting I feel like we live in a culture where men that are predators are being protected. How is it that they're not being combated? Like, why is it that men that are not partaking in those acts, sexual acts, or um, partaking raping a female, or causing sexual harassment, why are they not going for the men that are? Like, why is it that that's not a conversation piece of like, all right, there are some really good men out there who don't do those things. Great, bravo. What are y'all doing to the ones that are actually partaking in these? Don't tell a woman she shouldn't wear this. Don't walk down that block. You know, smile and all the little crap y'all do. Like, let's keep it 100. Why are the good guys not holding those men accountable? At what point is that going to happen? Shit. I mean, you got the hoodie on, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You thinking over there? Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really good question. I... So where you stand on that? I'm 100% against using your power to get what you want from a woman if you're a man. Um, but I think outside of just being in power, I think men have been doing things like that even if they're not empowered. Like, let's say going out and a girl is drunk and they're taking advantage of a drunk girl. And... um but in terms of in terms of how the guys who aren't doing that having those conversations with the men who they are seeing doing that i think a lot of this stuff might be done in the dark i think that's probably why these guys are not being addressed i don't i don't think guys really go about yeah i'm utilizing my power at work to take advantage of these women or all right, so it's being done in the dark. Now it came to light. So when those situations, like Harvey Weinstein, like you think he's going to lose his male friends, the ones who are not about that lifestyle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, now it comes to light. Oh. Now you know that this person is doing that. What's What are the next steps that the good guys out there are going to do to ensure that these men are not going to continue those acts? Because there's so much as a woman we can do. And at the same time, if we're victims, we can't sit up here and become our own saviors too. Like, that's kind of intended through society, but at what point are the good guys going to step up and be like, nah, this ain't even it? Because I feel like to some aspects, men like him are being protected. We don't have all the facts. These are allegations. Cut the shit. Like, how many females going to be coming out saying all of this, and then y'all going to want to play the fence about it? And what gets me irate is some men who feel the need to be more passionate towards these issues or, or want to get more involved or like say like all right we're gonna hold those men accountable if it happened to their mothers if it was their sisters if it was their um 
their wife. If it was Ben Affleck who's rooting for Harvey Weinstein and was covering up for him, if that was his daughter that that happened to, would he be like, oh, nah, it's cool, let it go? Or he would have been like, nah, I gotta, nah, we gotta talk. You know what, take it to the streets. Like, at what point do we hold those people? And it shouldn't be because I knew the woman that he dealt with, they were near and dear to my heart. It should just be holistically, that is not okay. Like, what you did wasn't right. So how do we hold you accountable? I think, though, I can't speak for all men, but I think most men do feel that way. They're like, that's fucked up. You can't do that. Like, this is unacceptable. Um, I think in terms of you saying holding them accountable, I think in terms of the people at his workplace who might have been men or who... And his company, Weinstein Company, too. Right. They who, knew about these things. I think in this... in I think his power not only affected how he treated the women, but also the men there as well, because this is my boss. This is the guy paying my bills. This is the guy writing my checks. Like, I can't go at him because it could affect my livelihood and what I'm trying to do. The same way some of these victims may have felt like they couldn't have, they can't speak, they, they didn't feel comfortable speaking out because they wanted to, it would affect their careers. Mm -hmm. So I think it's in the same it's in the same token. He has power and it's not power specifically over women. It's just power in general that is affecting how people relate to them. And no, you're it's actually very valid that you mentioned that in terms of the company and people are like working working there and may feel as if that they may lose certain rights or Checks are being cut, and that kind of ties into the whole code of silence thing as well. Yeah, and um, according to the New York Times, employees of the Weinstein Company had contracts saying they will not criticize it or its leaders in any way that could harm its business reputation or any employee's personal reputation. This code of silence was inputted into the contract, and not only was it vaguely worded, but the it put the employees in a powerless situation and it definitely just it like i said it affected how they were able to go about it. it if you know in your contract you can't say or do certain things that will be damaging to your boss and then on top of that if you're that whistleblower you may get blackballed a la kaepernick or you just <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry i had to I had to um like you know that you know it's gonna affect your like your livelihood, and I think that's the I think that's the overarching answer right there. Like this power isn't only affecting women; it affects everyone that's in its gravitational pull. And it, it unfortunately, and they they set it up in a way for their business that it was clearly written out in the contract. If you wanted to come work for us, you get you gotta watch what you say. You can't be out here making me or the company look bad. I mean, that, to me, like, with the whole wording of that, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, they're really trying to restrict people. It's like, if you want to work here at the Weinstein Company, you have to be open to doing massages, watching him naked, taking a shower, and Lord knows what else he plans to do to you. And you cannot say anything. And if you do, you may get a little settlement. Because that's what he's giving out people. He's giving them money like it's Poland Spring Water. So, like, to me, it's like, I don't understand how... It's like the company protected him as well. And that, I was like, that to me was really problematic. And I mean, it's it's it happens. It's not only just in Hollywood and other um, arenas as well and other career paths. There are companies that actually protect people like that, especially when they're in powerful positions. 
And things like that needs to be fully addressed. Like things need to happen and be put in place to ensure that these companies are not Clearly, they're profiting off of these workers who are working in the company. But the fact that this caused like emotional distress and it leads to like negligence in some aspects or tort to kind of get more specific in the legalese because like that's frustrating as a woman being a part of a company. Like I signed this contract, so I can't say any. If you did anything to me, I can't speak talk to anybody about it because it goes against the company policy that you guys enforce. So it's very one sided essentially, and I have to tolerate what's happening to me. And if I don't, then I may get blackballed or Lord knows what else is going to happen to my career. So it's like they don't have any kind of power in this position at all. And um, the fact that his company is backing him, knowing all of these things was happening, that within itself just really disgusts me and irritates the shit out of me, to be quite honest. Um, celebrities have come out and spoken out about these issues. Well, the scandal. One of my favorite, Viola Davis, she gave a very powerful statement. You know Viola always hits you with the statements and the speeches. Like, she be on it. <laughs> I see you. According to The Root, she said, Our bodies are not the spoils of war, a trophy to be collected to, the fuel, to fuel your ego. It's ours. It doesn't belong to you. And when you take it without permission, it destroys like a virus. To the predators, Weinstein, the stranger, the relative, the boyfriend, I say to you, you can choose your sin, but you don't get to choose the consequences. To the victims, I see you, I believe you, and I'm listening. Um, I think that's very powerful because she kind of hit all targets, like Weinstein, strangers, boyfriend, people that you may know that take advantage of you. And it, it seems normal, especially in a society that we live in and how woman bodies are over-sexualized and dehumanized at the same time. So I think that was really, it was a great, powerful speech, well, statement that she made pertaining to this issue and I'm glad that she spoke out about it and she was courageous enough to say something because I'm sure there's there are other actresses and actors who have not really spoke out about this issue and it's big when they come out in numbers also um Anita Hill for those of you who do not know Anita Hill and um 1991 she testified before the Congress at Clarence Thomas um Supreme Court nomination and she was one of the first faces of sexual assault in the workplace and as a result of that hearing more women came out, even during the hearing and subsequent, it came out about sexual harassments and assaults they've experienced within a workplace. So, and that was like 26 years ago. And look where we at. We still talking about the same thing. And it literally irks my nerves that this is still happening. You know, she sacrificed a lot and put her life on the line and um, basically did a lot of activism around this. And it still happened against Clarence Thomas at the time. And now it's still happening. It's not, it's basically a plague. She wrote an article for the New York Times and she basically stated that this is really the story of everyday woman. The lessons we learn from this through the lens of the industry that craves publicity but loads transparency can and must be applied more broadly throughout the American society. It's true and it's not only within Hollywood but in other careers as well and other jobs that you may be at. You may be working at a McDonald's and your supervisor trying to get with you. And it's like, okay, they just got... They get paid fifteen dollars an hour now because it's been upgraded to minimum wage, and you get paid fifteen dollars an hour. It's like I gotta sacrifice whether I want to get this check or I don't be submissive to my superior. It could be happening with you being in a corporate office. It could be happening you going to college and your professor has has a thing for you and you want to get a good grade so you could pass. Like it happens in all faucets. It's not just in Hollywood. I think what makes it more personable is that people are seeing that actresses are coming out and saying this happened to me caused by this man and you know you may see these women 
on the red carpet and you see them in films and you're like, oh my God, they're like so beautiful and you may think they're absolutely perfect and they don't go through real life issues, but they're actually going through these encounters and that's what makes them more personable and relatable to um, the audience. And also the Obamas spoke about it as well because Harvey Weinstein did hire um, Malia, Malia Obama as an intern. Uh, yeah, luckily she wasn't affected by any of the sexual antics and the fact, but the fact that she was in the same vicinity as him was pretty alarming for them as parents. Um, in your opinion, do you think situations like this will have parents second guessing allowing their daughters to enter fields like acting, where these these incidents have sometimes higher rates, where people in power are exploiting them? And I know you kind of already you kind of That's touched a that question. <laughs> okay, yeah, I feel like you kind of touched that because, like you said, it's. This can happen in any industry. It doesn't have to be Hollywood, like you said, McDonald's, or even, I love that you pointed out, a college professor or something. Yeah. Um, but do you think that would affect them in an industry like acting, where there, you know there's so many people trying to get this one gig, and only one person's going to get it, and it's just like there's that real big level of competition there? I think it will, and especially in, because of the way Hollywood is and acting and what comes into play, and females are objectified. They only want the women who are young and pretty, and when they get to a certain age, it's like they don't want to do nothing with them or disposable. So that whole mind frame around ageism in Hollywood, I think, ties into it as well, and like to be a certain particular weight, you know, can't be too thick, can't be too small, like you got to be perfect. I do think it is going to affect some I, you know, like to tie it to the younger generation coming into the industry. But that's why I really commend parents who are managers for their children. Yeah. Like Kiki Palmer, she had a manager, Brandy. Her mother was her manager. Like, you have to really have hands-on with these with your, your child coming into these industries because you don't know who you putting them, who you're actually leaving them to or who's going to be responsible for them. And you don't ever want it to be a situation of something happened and it's like they don't tell you till years later. You're like, well, damn. Like, that's yeah. what you had to do to get that Oscar? Like, I didn't even know that's what happened. Like, you know, Ashley Judge, she told her mother um, in that same article, she had told her mother, um, I think a couple years later, whatever the case may be, as to what happened. And she didn't have to, you, of course, she did not partake in any activities with him subsequent to that incident. She didn't have any issues after that. But it's like, I, that's why I think it's, it's important that parents are very hands-on with their, their children because you just never know. And if they have to deal with the peer pressures and things happen to them and they have to deal with that. So I, I think, I'm not sure if it's going to change within this industry, if it's going to have a huge drastic change in terms of like these scandals coming out. I would hope so because I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's other men in there that have did things and it hasn't come out yet. But I think that it's important that if parents want their children to go this path and they want to make sure they become successful, you need to you need to play a part in it. You yeah. need to have you need to be very hands on because you just don't know that manager that you put your child that you put on with your child probably is doing things to your child behind closed doors that you did not know about and was guarantee your child great success when it really wasn't nothing. Huh. And that's really important. Uh, seriously, the only thing that just went through my head is like freaking R. Kelly and his Child. his harem. That's and, a whole other scandal. Like <laughs> I don't even I even want to get even into that. 
That's a whole heap of shake, shake in my head. Um, and men have also been coming out speaking of, out about um, with the hashtag Me Too. And for instance, Terry Crews recently tweeted he was sexually assaulted. And he said that when he heard about the Harvey Scandal incident, he got PTSD. And he talked about how he went to a party for with... For those the, of you who don't know, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. So, um, Terry Crews, he went to a party with his wife. And at the party, a high-level Hollywood executive came up to him and groped his private parts. And he talked about how his first instinct was to kick the person's ass. But, unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that. And he made the decision to leave the party with his wife because he was thinking about his career. And for those of you who don't know who Terry Crews is, he's the huge black guy in White Chicks, or he also on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And he described it as if he were to attack that executive at the party, he already pictured in his head the headlines would have read 240-pound black male stomps out Hollywood honcho. And he was essentially just fearing for his career instead of actually taking action because he one it would be his word versus the the executives and again and also look at it like when you step back at it and reflect on it if he was to knock the shit out of this person it would have been a whole this black man knocked out this person and that would be the headline that would be the story like, it wouldn't he really be, touch you like and it, and it wouldn't be like how could this small man touch you inappropriately you felt that kind of way it would have been misconstrued and they would have ran with it and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have gotten the attention that it deserves surrounding sexual assault so just to think about how he and he even i believe tweeted about it in regards to now he knows how female feel in these positions like when it's like, if I speak out or if I react this way, it's going to lead, it's going to trickle down to X, Y, Z. And I, just to kind of make people think about it, because normally I feel like in some instances for men, it's like something happening, you're going to knock another dude out. Like, and then y'all bros afterwards and stuff. But it's like, this is not a bro moment. Like, you violated me. And if I knocked you out, that would have been my career. And people would have said he needed anger management and Lord knows what else. But it's like, let's not concern ourselves with the fact that he was groped at a party by another man that was clearly inappropriate. And the only reason why the man came out to apologize because after the incident, Terry Crews told people about it and it got back to the guy and he came back to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you did not genuinely, your apology wasn't really, it wasn't genuine because technically you knew what you did was wrong. And it doesn't seem like that's the first time he did it because if you're bold enough to be groping his, <laughs> his buddy, like Lord knows who else buddies you've been groping in Hollywood. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm keeping it on it. Yeah. Um, we here at Unapologetically <laughs> Different do not condone any violence of any sort, and we do not condone knocking anybody out. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. <laughs> Pierre don't condone that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, speak for yourself. <laughs> um. Damn, I'm not. I'm just curious if if you were his wife in that situation and you, because he said his wife was aware of what yeah. happened as well. How would you have handled it? Would you have I done mean, the same thing? Just like, honey, let's leave. I mean, I would. I don't know because that's. I never hear this happening to guys, so to me, it's very shocking the fact that he came out and spoke about it, which I really commend him on that. 
I don't know how I react. For me, I'm very territorial with the guy that I will be with. So I'll probably most likely be like, I would say something. Probably will cause a scene because, you know, that's just, that's the go-to you? for me. Me? I know, you? right? Cause a scene? Like, what? come on, Kia. Never that. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. Because <laughs> you know I cause scenes. But um, I don't know how I react to that. I think in that, in a situation like that, as a woman, you want to be there for your man and be supportive for him. So I will follow on his lead. But, you know, I wouldn't want to make it worse and it become a situation like you could have relaxed or you could have handled that differently. So I'm not sure. that. But to know that that happened to him in public is very like, wow. And the fact that he spoke about it is like, that's really big of him, you know. And if you ever see who he is, his physique and his the way he is and to know that that happened and that really got to him in terms of, you know, the, the Weinstein scandal, it goes to show that this is a this is a very big issue and we have to tackle it appropriately and we have to continue to have these conversations and hold perpetrators accountable. And speaking of, like, there's been talks about, you know, it's like Harvey versus Cosby because when Cosby sex scandal came out, which was like, whoa, um... It was like females after females after females, like stories upon stories. I mean, what makes these instances different is that with Cosby, um, the victims in Cosby cases, they were drugged. There was no formal consent or anything of that sort. Um, and they were drugged. Like they woke up and their clothes wasn't on or they woke up and he was on top of them. So that's crazy. And, you know, with Harvey, and it's honestly, it's to me, it's not who's worse than who, like, I, they both are horrible, like, to my opinion. And Harvey, you know, he persuaded them into his room, and he either raped them or he had them do sexual acts on him and vice versa. And it was a it was a consistent pattern with him because, you know, women are coming out the woodwork. So it's like Harvey versus Cosby, and people was like, you know, they should be dragging Harvey just as much as they dragging Cosby. I kind of think they're doing the same. Like... Because it's still developing. Like, this started to hit, like, earlier this month. And it's yep. still, every day, is some new new stuff coming out, new development. So, I kind of want to wait it out to see what else comes out. But to me, I want to know if Hollywood is going to drag Harvey like they did Cosby. Because they, like, they would disband some of his shows, the Cosby show, off some of the networks. And, um... Stuff like that. Yeah, so shows getting canceled. Shows like getting canceled and tours, the books, whatever tour he was doing. Those and then I don't know. He was supposed to be talking about a book, and it turned out to talk about the sex scandal that he didn't want to talk about, but ended up talking about on the tours. And then he kind of lost his memory along the line. So I don't know what the hell's going on, on these tours. I've seen little snippets of it, but it's like they canceled that, and um, you know, he was losing sponsors and all of that. I want to know if Harvey's going to be dragged. Now the only difference is too. Cosby never really outright came out and said, I apologize for the acts I caused because he just made it seem like none of these things happened. He denounced everything. Harvey did come out and say that he was apologetic, not saying it's it's anything great, but he came out saying he was apologetic for the people that he's harmed. And then his lawyer kind of re kind of retract the statement and was like, oh, he didn't mean that. So it's a little back and forth there. And he's saying that he's seeking a therapist after all these years. Um, so what are your thoughts on it? Um, I, I think... Like you said, they are slightly different because Harvey was an executive, so he wasn't really the face of Valid these um, the programs, and like he wasn't on television. Like I personally, I didn't know who he was before these these um, 
these allegations yeah, started same. coming out. And with Steve Harvey, not Steve Harvey, sorry, <laughs> with, Bill, with Bill Cosby, he was, the show was had his name on it. He was the face of the show. He had this image of just being such a great guy, the, like, the all-American He all like American the image dad. of all-American perfect black dad. Exactly. And, Harvey, um, I don't know what the hell he perfect at. Well, we see now. <laughs> and so I think it, it makes sense that they would say, hey, we're, we're taking rid of, we're getting rid of your sponsorships. We're canceling any comedy tours you're doing. Apparently, he was trying to have a show with NBC, a new show coming out. Well, but he was that trying was to buy canceled. NBC. That's what the whole conspiracy thing was like. He was trying to buy NBC, and because of that, that's when the scandal came out. And I was like, so all these women just waited. <laughs> waited until he was going to purchase NBC and say, let's start telling our stories. Even the ones that told it years ago, nobody believed them. Yeah. But y'all go ahead with y'all conspiracy theories, all right? Yeah, that's that could be like a whole nother episode, <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> side of it. Um, but yeah, like... He was the face of his programs, and I think that's why his things could so easily be canceled. But Harvey Weinstein has been executive producers on so many classics and huge films like Shakespeare in Love, Gangs of New York, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kill Bill Volume 3, the Grandmaster, and many, many, many more. Many films. <laughs> really? You want to go that route? Um, yeah, so that's why I think, that's why I think in terms of with Harvey, again, he's been behind the scenes, and he's had a hand in so many classics and things that are really relevant to pop culture, so I can't see those things being taken down or or not being shown or rerun on tv but i can see maybe potentially taking his name off the credits possibly but i don't i can't see it going past that i mean it would be great if it went past that because then it would be like all right this we're actually taking a stand and you know things are happening my thing is like this the way they did cosby and rightfully so, is the same way they should do Harvey. So if they got to pull stuff from Network, they got to pull his movies from Network. Taking him out the credits ain't enough because the movie's still being shown and he's still going to get some kind of profit from it. They need to pull all of those movies. And it's unfortunate. It's what it is because, but I'm, you know, I believe in equality and I'm sorry. Y'all going to drag Cosby the way I did? It's It looks funny if you could drag a black man for what he did and his wrongs that he did for being a rapist or what have you, but you can't do the same to a white male within this industry. So they have to do the same thing. It can't be no pulling credits. That's not enough. And because then that leads to where do we stand as a society and culture? Only certain groups are allowed to get away with things. And then other groups, we have to like make sure that they are punished to the full extreme. Like that's not cool. And I know you don't like to get into the whole color aspect and us versus them. We in 2017, this is our reality. You've seen Charlottesville. We had a whole episode about Charlottesville. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it is what it is. I just feel like if that's the case, we have to hold them fully accountable. And just like Viola Davis said, you don't get to pick your, you don't get to choose your consequences. He doesn't, Harvey does not choose his consequences. I don't care if he's apologetic, he's going to go see a therapist. Should have been seeing a therapist when he was carrying on, acting all kinds of crazy years ago. When you had your first incident, your first encounter, before you even touched anybody, you should have went to go see a therapist. You had coins for that. I'm not mm -hmm. sure why you wait till now to do it because everybody's coming to the forefront. 
So to me, he needs to be held fully accountable for his actions and whatever they need to do. If they got to shut down his Weinstein company, shut it down. Like, it is what it is. Like, you cannot let people like him get away with stuff because, you know, I like to bring it back. What examples did that set to the younger generation? We already got Donald in the office grabbing vaginas left and right. And now we have this incident. And then you can't expect them to be like, okay, well, hold him accountable when we have that kind of person in office. Yeah. We look ass backwards. Uh, so listen, I get it. I 100% get where you're coming from. But? But in terms of this, like, he he wasn't in these movies. Like, he wasn't a star. He was the financing for these movies. His company produced these movies. And I think... The same company that covered up these incidents? Mm. Uh-uh. Got him. That, that's, a, again, a valid point. But I think something that I think something that might be more that might make make more sense than just uh just throwing ideas out there and it, it is a great idea. Um instead of him getting royalties or his company getting royalties for these movies and when they get rerun, what if like any royalties that would have went to him went to foundations that speak out against acts like this instead of saying that's one component of it but it, it needs to be other things happening cosby they was coming left and right bruh yeah, you but, can't just be like okay give his royalties like he's not sitting on money right now but the show was called the bill cosby show I versus that, like but at the same time we can't say oh because he wasn't in front of the camera he should not have the same like scrutiny like he doesn't get a pass. Like, to me, taking him out of the credits of his movies is not sufficient. Like, they need to do it. They got to pull their movies and none of the actors get royalties. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, it'd be like that sometimes. Like, you have to stand for something or we stand no. for nothing. And I just feel like he needs to... Ooh, shout out to the Kaepernick episode. <laughs> I like the plug. Shut up. But he, we have to actually... He has to be held accountable for his actions. And I don't think there needs to be any kind of hesitation or apprehension when it comes to that. It is what it is. He did what he did. Whatever he did in the dark came to light. And clearly he wasn't doing it in the dark because everybody knew about it in Hollywood. It's just Damn. now. <laughs> it's just now coming out to the masses, bruh. Yeah, no, complete. I got it. And I guess we can just agree to disagree. As but we always do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving on. So <laughs> in terms of the, out of the scandal, um, Hashtag Me Too has become like a phenomenon, especially for this week through social media, Twitter, Instagram, and definitely on Facebook. A lot of women are coming out speaking about their personal experiences. Some will just say hashtag Me Too. Others will say hashtag Me Too and literally just go off and tell their stories. And and also, please do keep in mind, just because there are people not saying hashtag Me Too, that doesn't mean that they were never they were never sexually assaulted and never been raped in any capacity. They may not feel the need to tell their story, and they don't have to. So just because there's an influx of women doing it, that doesn't mean that they're those are the only women that experience it. There's other women that have, and they may not want to share their story because it's been really traumatic, or they put it in the back of their minds and they just want to forget about it, and they have every right to do so. They don't owe society and the universe an explanation or a hashtag me too as to what happened. Um, but to kind of bring it back, so please do keep in mind, we like to give credit to where credit's due. So the Me Too movement actually started 10 years ago by a black woman by the name of Tarana Burke. And at the time, it was not as popular because Twitter wasn't even around 10 yeah. years ago. So Twitter. it wasn't even no hashtag. Yeah, Twitter's its own, it's its own living beast. Now. Basically. And she began the Me Too um, movement as a gra in a way to aid sexual assault survivors in underprivileged communities where rape crisis centers and sexual assault workers weren't going. 
Um, and it was intended to be a catchphrase to be used from survivor to survivor to let folks know that they were not alone and that a movement for radical healing was happening and possible. And that's exactly what's happening now. Like women are coming to the forefront speaking about it. Like I see it on my timeline. I'm like, whoa, I don't even know this person went through that experience or they had this experience and it happened at this age. And it's, it's so surreal, but it's just kind of like, you see how all of us are affected in some capacity. And to some extent, it's like, it's some bit of solidarity because we're coming together a part of this movement and through social media at that. Cause I don't have to talk to you and actually hold your hand to know that you experienced it. Just the fact that you made that post and you shared your story no matter how detrimental that story may have been to you at the time, and it probably still is, that's a big deal. Um, and the reason why I felt the need to mention that per regards to Burke and how she was the one that started it was because when the whole scandal out um, came about, Alyssa Milano was the one that had tweeted saying that if all the women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote Me Too as a status, we might give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem. Now, you know, journalists, journalism, and social media ran with that. Like, she started the movement. She she didn't start nothing. She just piggybacked off of what happened 10 years ago. And I'm not trying to make it a us versus them, but reality is give, give credit to where credit is due. And... Tarana Burke did start this movement. It wasn't as popular because social media wasn't as big 10 years ago. Like, Facebook was just touching the surface, if that. And it was only meant for college students at the time it came about. So the fact that this movement started 10 years ago and she had her valid reasons and concerns, which are still valid to this day, and it's trickled down to 10 years now, and we're still experiencing it. It's not about being divisive and it's us versus them. But like I said, I want to give credit to where credit's due. And she started the movement. And hopefully we all women could come together and kind of continue this movement. Not as just a quick hashtag to have for now. And Tarana kind of made a statement about it. It wasn't meant for it to be like a little phase for now, but ongoing. And it needs to be because... It needs to be an ongoing movement. It needs to be an ongoing discussion so it could be just properly dismantled. I even disclosed on Facebook, I my status, I put me too. And I had experiences. And one of them, when I remember when I was younger, like probably like eight, nine, I believe. And I was with my grandmother. And we were walking to the grocery store. And there was an older guy that she's cool with or, you know, she'll talk in passing. And he said hi to my grandmother. And then he said hi to me. And my grandmother looked away. But the way he, he came up behind me and then he like, his hand went like around my breast and he groped my breast. And I was just like, okay, so this is how we saying hi to people now? Like, I, I was like, what? And he did it so smooth and slick where it was like, no one noticed it. I did. It was weird as shit. I didn't know what the hell was going on because I was so young and I never had that experience before to that capacity. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And he thought it was it was like normal for him. It was like, oh, hey. And ever since that day, I never like spoke to him or if I seen him, I stayed far away because I just had like that experience happen. I was like, I did not want anything else to transpire. And um, and it always make me think back. Unfortunately, that happened. And it always makes me think back if I should have said something at the time and spoken about it more or maybe reported it because I don't know who else he affected. You know, I had that one encounter with him. And some people may look at it like, oh, that's light compared to what other females are experiencing or vice versa. It still happened nonetheless. He may have affected someone else's life. 
and triggered someone else or did worse to another girl my age. And if I had said something, I probably could have saved her situation. I'm not sure. I don't even know if he's still alive and I particularly don't care if he is. Um, but it just goes to show how some of these issues of sexual assault and harassment are common among young women and how it happened at freaking weights. I even see women say, like, a man telling me to smile on the street. That's true. Like, if I want to walk around and I may be in a mood or not, I'm not smiling for you. I wasn't put on this earth to smile for you. Or the fact that you walk by a group of guys and one of them may touch you inappropriately thinking it's cool. That's why some women fair walking past a group of dudes. Um, but it's true. Like, this is where we, this is the society we live in and we need to have these conversations. Pia, I'm going to need you to speak on it because I don't like how I mention it about men telling women to smile and you making that face. Talk on it. No, no, no. I... Everything you said, I completely agree with. But the smiling thing, like, I'll tell men to smile. Like, smiling is, just makes you feel Do good. Do you tell men that as much as you tell women? I don't really tell people that in general. But I'm just saying I've said that to people. Like, hey, smile, buddy. Like, it's a But the context day. of that is really primarily meant for women who oftentimes go through the same scenarios of men telling them to smile. Got it. All the time. And it's like, we're not here to appease you and to make you, like, to say, oh, we have to put a smile on our face. Like, why does that need to happen? And you don't see men going around telling other men that. I see more men telling women that than they do other men that. And it's like, okay. No, no, yeah, you're right. And, again, I'm, I'm different. I interact you with people different, different. Mm -hmm. yeah um and because i haven't but don't been be in that politically correct because we on air honey no Speak no no truth. no and no seriously shade. i completely understand it too because i remember one time i was on the bus back in like junior high school and these two girls were just like cat calling me on the bus and i'm just like what are you guys doing like you're making me feel mad uncomfortable and it's just it's just obnoxious right now and i'm like wow not it literally hit girls. me like, this is what girls deal with all the time. I'm like, I don't like that. That's annoying. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, ugh. It's super annoying. Yeah. It's grossly annoying. Like, for, I live in my area in the Bronx. There's a group of older men that's by the store. And they walk. I walk past. They all feel the need to say something to me. And I don't even comment. But it's like, can I have a moment? Can you not talk to me? Like, can you just not say anything to me? Can you not try to get with me? Like, you're past my father's age. You're not even my dad's age. They're past it. So I think, as I had mentioned before, um, this Me Too movement, I think it's great. I hope that it's not just a little phase for this week because of the scandal. Um, I really hope that it's a continued conversation among men and women. And I hope that we continue to have this open dialogue. And we need to hold men and boys accountable for their actions and stop saying, oh, boys will be boys. No, that's not okay. What you did is not okay. And we need to have these conversations. For those who have been rape victims and for those who have suffered those encounters, I really wish them the best in terms of trying to heal through the process and seeking whatever help you can in terms of either getting counseling, um, getting a therapist, or any outlet you have, a positive outlet for that matter, to try to get you through that. I really wish all you women and even men the best of luck on, on that journey. It's not easy. And also, people think, oh, having this Me Too campaign is big, but people are saying Me Too and they're saying their stories. Like, um, Terry Crews has said, that caused him PTSD because it's like it, it brought up his situation. And imagine other women who has horrific stories, like beyond horrific stories, and who may have been raped by several guys at a time or may have like been raped and could not be able to function properly physically afterwards, seeing these Me Too postings and stories 
that brings up their past and it brings up stuff for them that they're probably trying to leave behind. So it's a very, it's, it's an interesting kind of movement because it's liberating for some, but for others it's not. So I don't know how long it's going to, how long it's going to last for and what work we can do moving forward to be more inclusive of all people and make sure that we're having these discussions. But I really feel for the ones who that feels like their stories are being brought up and it, it's not really helping them. It's actually making them worse or it's hurting them in some capacity. So I just think that um, for those and for those, there's, there's one girl on my post that made a very valid point. If you're going to post your stories, please put warning before you because there are some stories that are graphic and being posted after me too and it's like if you're going to be very explicit which it's fine you want to be liberated at least trying to put a warning up so people know what to expect i haven't read all of them because to me it just does something for me and I, it's enough for me to see me too to see the stories it just really like it brings up a lot for me and i don't really like to read all of those stories and it makes me emotional so um just I hope this movement continues and I hope that it goes in a positive track and we're able to heal together as a community. Damn, Keith. Honestly, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it, it took a lot to really just, like you said, put that out there. And I don't think one person's experience can be treated any less than another person's experience. And yeah, I feel like this this episode has just been a really powerful one, and I'm glad I got to do it with you. And like you said, I hope victims, male and females, feel empowered to come out and speak about these issues and things that have affected them. And if they are going through these things and suffering silently, even if you're not going to do the hashtag, you're not going to put it out there publicly, find loved ones and safe people that you can communicate with to kind of get this off your chest and so you're not suffering through it alone. And and also too, I know in the context of this discussion, it seems very like we talked around heterosexual couples or people in heterosexual relations, but also this happens with same-sex couples in LGBT community where a woman can rape another woman or a man rape another man or there's sexual assault by the same sex. So Good let's point. not just keep it in the in heteronormative perspective of a male and a female. It can happen in same-sex relations as well. No, definitely great point. That, glad you, you pointed that out as well. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Follow us for our latest updates on Instagram at underscore unapologetically underscore different. You can reach out to us on Twitter at unapologetic two underscores d and you can also find us on facebook itunes and soundcloud by searching unapologetically different stay tuned for our next week's episode bye